Welcome back to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Abbott, and I'm paired with my colleagues, Nick DeGroote and Alex Clayton. Yo. What's going on? We're back. We took a three-month hiatus. Took some time off. We're going to be pumping out episodes every single week moving forward. Once again, I'm Austin Abbott. Thanks for tuning in to the Dynasty Polls podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Dynasty Polls. I want to thank everyone for subscribing, reviewing the show, listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen and tune in every week. Today, we're going to discuss the NFL draft. We're going to talk about some Dynasty rookie drafts. And lastly, we're going to do our weekly mailbox, which is where we answer questions we received from you guys on Twitter. So just before we get started, um, a little birdie told me that I was going pretty heavy in roulette and uh, blackjack during this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Al? Well, all right, so... How's it going? Uh, one of our uh, mutual friends and league mates, uh, Mr. Zach Ty, would always call me uh, randomly, or I'll call him, and it would be like two in the morning. And be like, all right, let's go rip some blackjack. The, the first night, the first. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was it was always just completely random, never planned. Um, so the first night, Zach came out winning like, you know, like, I think like almost like a thousand dollars, and I lost like a bunch of money, and I was so pissed. So I was just so ready for the next round. Next round, uh, we play, we both win like eleven hundred dollars it was like it was just it was just, honestly blackjack's so weird in that way this week this happened no this was last week this, okay. i'll tell you about this week I, <laughs> I did one week i did one time solo but like yeah so like we literally both were down like 400 bucks and then we came back and just took the the swing and uh went both went up like eleven hundred dollars and then last dude last week was the craziest thing of all time uh on one hand i won eight hundred dollars because of just two side bets that I placed that were just dumb. Like, it was the luckiest hand in the world. Oh my but, God. yeah, I ended up walking out with, like, $1,100, and I've been hot. But I, I have, like, a weird feeling every time next time I go play, they're going to sort of smoke me, like, immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I just spent, like, 400 bucks on a flight to Florida for uh, mid-June. Can I have some money? <laughs> I a little bit. Got to win the Dynasty League for that. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, segment one, the NFL draft. Let's jump right in. So why not start with the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow? I threw 20 – speaking of bets, I threw 25 bucks down on him to win Rookie of the Year. Did you really? Yeah, a wow. few a few oh weeks back. God. But DraftKings had a special. Um, it was 25 down to make 150. So I was like, absolutely, you know. I don't care about losing 25 bucks. Give me a few Chipotle burritos and all. But I'd like to win 125 bucks, 150 bucks on him. Um also, I lost two hundred bucks on uh, Jonathan Taylor in the NFL draft. You guys know. Oh God, Dude, me and Dig so lost money, every <laughs> single bet we made in the draft. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, Jonathan Taylor had to go before pick forty, and he went forty-one to my <laughs> to, to my Indianapolis Colts. So that truly, and I mean truly, made my day. Like I didn't even care that I lost the money. I mean, there that just. Jonathan Taylor was my RB1 before, like, months, months ago. And the fact that he's put on my Indianapolis Colts, you know, behind a top five OL, oh, my God. I, I'm i just so happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the greatest thing ever. I literally wasn't even this happy when we got Andrew Luck. Well, probably because, like, I knew we were going to get him, you know. And yeah. this was such a surprise. I thought Miami was for sure going to take him. But... God bless. God bless Jonathan Taylor. RB1 in the NFL. He's ahead of Saquon. 
Oh god, oh, dude, dude you're no way. A, you're lying to yourself, bro. <laughs> it's gotta uh, beat out Marlon yeah. Mack first. I know. Okay, I I talk about JT forever, but let's get back on Joe Burrow. What's what's a realistic stat line that you guys have for Joe Burrow heading into the twenty twenty season? Uh, to be honest, you know, I don't think we've ever seen a group of quarterbacks in any draft come into such great situations like these guys have. Joe Burrow's walking in to a loaded receiving core with A.J. Green, T. Higgins now, John Ross, who was serviceable last year, definitely produced early on. First-round draft pick. Yeah, and, and T. Higgins basically was a first as well. And Tyler Boyd. like Ty- Dude, I think A.J. Green's going to have a huge bounce-back bounce back season for them. Um, Good by-low candidate. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. He's playing on the tag, so, I mean, he's literally playing this year for his future. If he wants another contract, he's going to have to ball out this year. And that O-line's going to be healthy. You know, they got Jonah Williams last year. He missed the, the entire season. Um, him coming back, I think that's going to be a huge boost for that O-line, and I think Burrow could have a great year this year. Can we get a stat line? What do uh, you think? Can, okay, okay, ready? You're talking about like Over touch- or under 23 touchdown passes for Joe Burrow this season? I mean, it honestly, I, I can see him being right around there. That's such a tough question. I'm just gonna say over, but not by much. I'm gonna yeah. say like I would probably go. Over. I would probably say like 25 touchdowns. I I think they're gonna be down in a lot of games, and they're gonna be forced to just you know he's he's gonna be getting a lot of uh, passing attempts. I I think he can definitely do it. It's just weird because like. Like, yeah, like as a quarterback, it's like a different than like a rookie receiver or running back coming into the room. Uh, like, just coming off this offseason, we don't even know if they're going to have an offseason. So, like, as a quarterback, it's more than just jumping in and playing quarterback. You're to come in and be immediately the leader of the team. Uh, and that's step one. Once you gain the trust of your, like your teammates and you start balling out, uh, everything just meshes together. So, I don't know. It just depends how quickly you can be that guy. Because at LSU, I mean, you saw just a, a tale of two stories. I mean, junior year was projected to be like a seventh-round pick, and then the next year was had one of the best college performances ever to be played. So I don't know. It, it's just which Joe Burrow you're going to get year one this is with this shortened off season. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Around you know 25, 26, even. Um, you know, it all depends how the off season goes. But my question for you guys is, how much do you think his age is going to play a factor in his? rookie performance he's you know an older prospect um he's I lo- obviously I, played a bunch in college so what do you guys think i think he's if anything coming into the league more polished yeah you think and he'll be more prepared like yes, mentally yes right? absolutely yeah. I agree. but is he more pa- polished though he was a backup for two years yeah I, it's it's a great it's a great point but i just he, think he's more mature i don't i don't necessarily think he's the more polished prospect i i think I mean, we'll talk about him later, but I think my guy Tua is QB1 in the class. I think he's... Yeah, so let's just move on to Tua right now while we're here. Um, I think that it's safe to say that Tua is one of the more polarizing rookies to talk about. I think that you can make an argument his floor is very low, but you can also make an argument that his ceiling is extremely high from not only an NFL standpoint, but fantasy too. If you had to take one quarterback in Dynasty, who would you prefer, Tua or Joe Burrow. If you're asking me, it's it's Tua. I I absolutely love him. I do. Uh, I think he's yeah. insanely talented. Like, wait, I'm just realizing this now. Nick has. I have Tua. Yeah. Nick has Tua, and Al. 
I took Burrow. the first quarterback off the board in our dynasty rookie draft, Joe Burrow. Yeah, so, I mean, if you had asked the, the question being asked to me, I think that I got to take Burrow here. <laughs> well, clearly you did. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I know, but, like, it's to, oh, it's, it's totally just, a homer pick for me too. I'll I'll admit it. I don't care. It's just it's just I mean you can't not appreciate like what he did in the field that season. I mean it was the greatest was, fantasy. I'm sorry, greatest single season in college history. Yes. Yeah, so like I just I mean like it's hard to argue against that. It just I don't know. I'm not really big on like taking guys uh, like rookie wise that just have had like a prolonged injury history. Like I just. I don't know, especially a quarterback, you know you're going to get hit. Um, you know, not as much as like a running back, but you're going to get hit. Um, and I don't really know how much I like lefty quarterbacks. I don't know if, like, it's Dude, just it, – It drives you, me. Yeah, I know you, of all people, have, like, the biggest – It does. It, like, just, it just doesn't look right, man. It's, it, it bothers me. I don't know what to tell you. I love Tua. I think he's an awesome kid. I think he's brilliant. I hope that he absolutely kills it on and off the field, you know, but – but yeah, I, I lean Burrow here all day, dude. Also, what I what I do like about what the Dolphins are doing is that they added three linemen in the draft relatively early. Um, they had to. I that's what I'm saying. So you, you know they made the right decision. They're going all in on protecting Tua. Um, you know they 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 know he's the guy, um, and I think they're going to give him every opportunity they can to to have him succeed. How about the next guy off the board, Justin Herbert to Los Angeles? You gotta be thrilled if you're a Chargers fan, right? Dude, he's another guy, just like Tua and Burrow, walking into a fire situation. Comes in, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I know, you know, he hasn't done he just, great he thing. Really. Cracked a thousand yards last year. He's just quiet. He can't put it all together in one season. Yep. And I think now with with a quarterback that could actually push the ball downfield, I think we'll see a decent season from Mike Williams. Um, I'm, and I mean, he's got you know one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL. No matter what you think of him, he put up the numbers last year. And Hunter Henry, dude. Hunter Henry, crazy efficient last year. It was a huge re-sign, to be honest. Yeah, oh, not yeah. a lot of people thought – people thought he was going to New England, like yep. all that stuff. Dude, and rookie – or just young QBs in general, they lean on the tight ends. They really do. I just uh, – the thing about Herbert is, like, I personally don't think he's going to start right away. Uh, I think they're going to go Tyrod Taylor right away, uh, which I think is, like, the best thing to do. I mean – I agree. Tyler Taylor is, like – the, like the veterans veteran like he literally understands every situation he's he's in he's gonna you know he's gonna push the quarterbacks to be better well what was it in cleveland when he was with uh baker, baker yeah. you really got to see like uh you know what tyrod brings to the table like he just shows like you know how to handle the quarterback room and what to do every day on a daily basis um but no i really like herbert honestly like i i, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there um you know, with very similar stat lines, whenever he does get the start um, again with Tua and and Joe Burrow, and the reason why I really like her is because um, you know just watching his uh, bowl performance, I really got to see him use his legs. Like his legs are are like very sneaky. It's almost like a Josh Allen type of. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, right. He had three. Like yeah. He he kind of reminds me of like a Josh Allen, like a massive arm, huge yeah. body tough kid but also just you know has sneaky legs that you can use whenever he wants so he's got the tools you got the tools to be a great quarterback but just let's see how they deploy him yeah oh my god as as a chargers fan i'd be so hyped man how, how could you not i mean who was the last i, I guess you know philip rivers is just these past few seasons 
you know, it was almost like you knew that they weren't going to succeed with him. It's like they knew that they needed to turn the leaf. It was beating a dead horse. It, it was just waiting. And now the Colts got him, down. so that's sick, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the first wide receiver off the board. How crazy was it when John Gruden selected Henry Ruggs, 12th overall, over CeeDee Lamb Dude, and I'm, I'm so mad that I didn't How? bet Ruggs the Raiders. Dude, that was the first thing I thought of. Was, the odds were nuts. It was like plus 750, wasn't it? Uh, or no, Ruggs being the first receiver off the board. It was crazy. Yeah, you I said was, it, and I was, I was like, so close I was like, to betting don't, that. don't even think about that. I was so. Close. I just like didn't I, think it was like humanly possible to think that that Ruggs, Ruggs was first. a better wide receiver prospect he, overall over CD Lamb I, and bro, JJ. The NFL loves speed. Marquise Brown, first receiver off the board last year. Like and, uh, we've seen it, dude. You know, it, I, I don't think it was that surprising, but John Ross, yeah. It, it's just I don't know. Like granted, I know. The kid caught, uh, what was it, 24% of his receptions in college turned out to be touchdowns, and he had like a 4-2-7, 40-time. I, I get it, but, wow, I, I I had no idea I'd hear those words out of Goodell, you know, that Henry Ruggs is going to the Raiders. That was that was crazy, man. I mean, the NFL draft as a whole is, is is there a better day? Like, okay, what do you, what do you enjoy more, the NFL draft or Thanksgiving Day? Thanksgiving Day is phenomenal. Oh wow! I don't know. Dude. I think I would like, choose. I think I would choose. So I think I would good. choose the draft over Christmas, but not over Thanksgiving. I don't know. It's just like okay. the, I, I would put Christmas third. Yeah, yeah, like I the draft. The draft's awesome. I, I will always always be uh, a oh, big a big a big person moving the draft up because I hate waiting till late April yeah. for literally no reason. Why is free agency in the draft yeah. so late? Like I, I just know. like why can't it happen? Like a couple weeks after, it makes no sense. I gotta pull that out, man. That's got me thinking. Yeah. The, uh, NFL draft or Thanksgiving? What do you enjoy more? Um, but you know, I'll say this: I absolutely love his landing spot. I mean, how can you not if if you own Henry Ruggs? I mean, Tyrell Williams, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro. You know, like don't be hating like, on Renfro. Hey, dude. And yeah. they they did grab another guy later in the draft. I was gonna say you're Brian missing Edwards. one huge guy. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, but, but this landing spot's about as good as it gets for a wide receiver. He's got the draft capital too. Um, a lot of things, a, a lot of signs point to yes for uh, Henry Ruggs this season. But you know, we'll see. Time will tell. Time. Uh, I'm just know. not a car guy. I don't know what it no, is. Yeah, I just me like either, me either. like I never really was. And when he was drafted there, like I know he like got a lot of hype. Like quarterbacks he, always do. It's just I just he never really like was th- like there. And also, if there was any preview of last year's offense it really looked like josh jacobs offense um you know this is such a huge year for car man if he doesn't get it together i think i think this is it i mean yeah you the weapons around him it's gotta be he's got jacobs uh edwards rugs and then one guy also lim bowden this would be fun to look back on but real quick who gets more who has more receiving yards this season henry rugs or brian edwards it's gotta be rugs because like you gotta think that like in the beginning of the season like uh, what you call it, Tyra Williams is still gonna be like a part of the team. I mean Edwards will probably you know rotate in and eventually get more on, but you know rugs gets that immediate start. So yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. rugs too. I, you know, for first, year, for first year res- one, yeah, yeah, first receiver off the board. He he's gonna be playing day one. Um, yeah. Yeah, Brian Edwards' volume does scare me initially. But, yeah. But, yeah, but that was college I, volume. It's so different in the NFL. No, no, it's hard I, to I just meant his first year. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I believe in the kid. I, I like I think very highly of him. Hell, I wish I had him on my Dude, team. Dude, the biggest knock against Ruggs is the fact that he didn't break out in college. And like, yeah, that's like kind of a big deal and you know, doesn't fare well historically, but when you when you watch the tape, um and again, the big debate between Ruggs is always film versus analytics, obviously. And I mean he's got the tools, man. He's fast, clearly. He's got the hands. He's a better route runner than people give him credit for. Um, and I, I don't know. I think if he gets the volume, I don't see a reason why he can't produce. Next receiver off the board, 15th overall, Jerry Judy to the Denver Broncos. How crazy was this pick that, that Judy went over Lamb? Did that shock you guys? Not really, dude. Honestly, I, I, just, I, I kind of figured those three receivers would go off the board like in some order. Um, just didn't know what order. I just feel like Judy was a better fit because I feel like CD would be kind of like a repetitive type of wide receiver, like what Cortland Sutton is. Yep. Um, is more of like a big time possession receiver, all that stuff. I mean, Judy brings the speed, the route running, um, the savviness of his own type of like persona. Um, I don't know. It's just I feel like it was a very, very good fit uh, for that team. Do we think that one day Jerry Judy is capable of taking over receiver one duties in Denver over Cortland Sutton? I mean, we'll talk on uh, like when his contract year comes up. I mean, like you never know. Yeah. Um, it's honestly whoever Drew Lock uh, gains more chemistry with because you never like Drew Lock did not gain chemistry. With, he only had one person to throw to last year uh, with like a rookie Noah fan. Let's see who he likes more. Like, I, don't, I don't know who he's going to be more attached to. Now with Pat Shermer in Denver, Pat Shermer's rank in passing attempts between t- 2009 and 2019, ready for this, in order, 16th, 5th, 11th, 13th, 27th, 5th, 6th, 12th, 21st, 9th, and 9th. I think it's pretty safe to say Drew Locke's going to be throwing the ball a hell of a lot more since they ranked 27th last year in pass attempts. Um, and, I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge bump for Denver receivers, in my opinion. I think Judy's going to I think Judy's gonna produce um, from day one. I think he's got the tools to do it, obviously the route running. He's going to be open, you know, um, especially facing cornerback twos on teams. Like, you got to worry about Sutton, too. And, I don't know, I think Judy's going to ball out this year. Guy, one of the craziest picks had to be C.D. Lamb to to Dallas. I have a lot to say about C.D. Lamb. Like, it had to be – I literally jumped out of my chair and grabbed my phone and texted, like, 15 people. I was like, did you guys just see that? Yeah. Like, seriously, that was just outrageous. I mean, honestly, like, that was definitely not needed from the Cowboys, but it was just a snipe. It was a snipe in front of the the Eagles. Like, it's just clear as day a snipe. I think – that is a perfect example of just simply taking best player available. And if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm sitting on my yacht, dude, I would have done the oh, same I thing ten the, times yeah, out of ten. Yeah. Like you cannot pass up on Ceedee Lamb at pick seventeen, you know, especially if he's gonna fall to Philly just a few picks later. Dude, and that's the thing too. Like whether it was just a snipe or whatever, like you're not drafting Ceedee Lamb in the first round for him to be your receiver three. Yeah. I'll say that. Right off of the bat, of course. I, I don't even think it necessarily was a snipe. I just think he, you know, he was that good that they were like, we can't pass on him. Like, the Chargers, <laughs> perfect example, didn't want to take Keenan Allen several years back, and they said this kid is just way too good, and they pulled trigger on him. And hey, that turned out pretty well. You know, I think that this 
CD Lamb kid's gonna turn out pretty well. How too. do you how do you feel about the landing spot? I uh, I love it. I mean, if you are able to draft CD Lamb, just please do it. Um, I was literally like like to the, the until draft day, I was so in between taking Lamb and Dobbins. Um, I just like I love Lamb so much as a player. Like watching ball at all throughout his college career, he just was so dominant. It's it's gonna be it's like without even saying like anything said like you know he's gonna come like be a baller in the nfl like mm-hmm. you know he's the next big receiver um i would say even more so more than judy it's just he has that mentality and that i love the offense that he's on too as well i mean i mean when you got i mean this uh, he's literally gonna be throwing the ball like every single play i mean he's got to feed zeke but yeah. he's got so many options dude and here's the thing with the cowboys too like yeah you could say amari and gallup are there or whatever but at the end of the day, the Cowboys have, like, the second-highest vacated targets coming into next year. They have about 190 between Cobb, Witten, and Tavon Austin leaving. Obviously, Blake Jarwin's going to see an uptick in targets since he only had 41 last year, and he's going to be the guy at tight end. But, I mean, that leaves plenty for Lamb to eat. And Mike Clay put this out on Twitter. He said, McCarthy's Packer offense ranked in three receiver sets when passing between 2007 and 2018, he's ha- they've had eight top five finishes and four top eight finishes. And that was between <laughs> Cobb, Jordy, and Devontae Adams. Like, there's plenty of room for CeeDee Lamb to thrive in this offense. And I think that's nice for the Michael Gallup truthers. Dude, even before, even before McCarthy came to Dallas, last year, Dallas was in 11 personnel, three receivers, 67% of the time. That is insane. And the fact that McCarthy's coming in and is going to just do that again, like... Mike McCarthy is such a good signing, I swear, man. Dude, I, 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 I think if so, I'm too. Dallas, if I'm a Dallas fan, I'm absolutely thrilled. Let's let's move on to uh, some of the later receivers taken right after. was Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson. Dude, I'm a like, big, big Rager fan. I am. He checks all the boxes for me. Um, landing spots, obviously... Pretty gas, even though I'm not really a Wentz guy. Um, I think he's going to be the guy in Philly. First round draft capital. Yeah, I mean that and just about everything else, uh, which I'll talk about later. But I I really like Rager. Um, I had him as my receiver three pre-draft, um, and I mean that doesn't really change. I think he's really good. I have Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver one. I know I've told you guys that. Um, I really believe Justin Jefferson finishes with the most fantasy points this year. I love his landing spot. Um, Kirk Cousins, extremely underrated. Oh, always, he's so underrated, Always dude. throwing for over 4,000 passing yards. Throwing for a fair amount of touchdown passes. And, you know, with Diggs' departure, just so much makes sense for him. And, I mean, I'd absolutely love to get my hands on Justin Jefferson in, in a dynasty rookie draft. I think that I think he's going to be able to produce – in season one and every season after that. I just – I think he's going to be good to go right away. Um, so, that you know, that, that's it. That's all I got to say. Je- draft Justin Jefferson. Uh, I definitely agree with you too. Um, not with the number one receiver spot. But, yeah. Uh, uh, I think take. I get that. No, yeah. But uh, I just want to touch on both players actually. Uh, for Rager, like Eagles fans, I know for a fact that you're definitely upset that you didn't get C.D. Lamb. But – just trust me, Rager's going to come out and be an absolute baller for you guys. I mean, I, I never really, like, like it's, like, hard to see Rager as a wide receiver one because he doesn't have the size. But 
the Eagles offense has really always been about speed. I mean, like they've always wanted that speed guy. They want the quick touchdowns. Carson Wentz loves throwing the long ball. He loves throwing on the run. Rager's going to be so open all the time. He has one of the most crisp, crisp route running trees I've ever seen. I mean, this dude is just straight up explosive. He's going to be amazing for you guys. I'm, we love the landing spot. And for Jefferson, I mean, what else is better than landing in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins immediately uh, with just Adam Thielen as your competition? I mean, Adam Thielen, what, has like two more years left in his contract? I mean, he's going to be heir to the throne for the first two years and then just be an absolute baller ever like mm-hmm. ever since uh, Thielen will just walk out the door. Um I mean, Justin Jefferson is just as talented as C.D. Lamb and Judy, but I just, I don't know, it's just something about those two that's, uh, they played in, they just played at like a, a more, like a different level. They just have like little things like Judy with his route running and C.D. Lamb with his, uh, uh, his yak. I mean, wow. C. D. Lamb. Uh, sorry, not, not to interrupt real quick, or just want to interrupt real quick. Uh, the Vikings have an out of Adam Thielen's contract after this season. That's kind of crazy. It's sneaky. I know. It's no sneaky. One, nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about T. Higgins? You know I love him. Uh, I, dude, I think he's super slept on. I put out a tweet about it. You know, he he's right off the bat, dude, he's, first rounder, dude he's paired with Joe Burrow. Ross and A.J. Green will be gone next year. He has an age 18 breakout, which is very good. His dominator is about 30%. And he was a thirty-third overall pick, dude. This guy is a stud, and I'm I. He is like, he's my guy in this draft. I absolutely love him, and he's super undervalued right now, in my opinion. So go out and get him. I don't think there's anything sneaky about him. If you don't know all this, you don't know he's a stud. Like, dude, I don't yeah. know what it's you're not, looking it's at. It's not this that he's sneaky. Great. It's that nobody is like know, gassing him up like he deserves to be. It, it's just because like right now they they see him like number three in the depth chart, and like I I know that's crazy, but the best thing about this he gets to grow up with Joe Burrow. Like he's in exactly, the yeah. like that is going to be wonderful in like two years when Burrow is playing at his top level. And T. Higgins is playing at his top level. I mean, they literally get to be great together every step of the way, and I love that. Dude, I also saw a stat that T. Higgins had 11 targets in the second half of games this year. And for him to come out and do everything that he did and you know accomplish all those feats that I just listed with 11 targets in second halves of games, that is absurd. And even if 11 is not the exact number, like... Obviously, he just was not playing in the second half of games, and it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So both our segments today, the Dynasty Rookie Draft and the NFL Draft, go together very well. We're going to jump right into our Dynasty Rookie Draft now. So we've seen a ton of reaches, some great value picks. We've seen it all online, through Twitter, everything. Um, But just to clarify, we play in a 1QB PPR dynasty Dynasty League, and... So yeah, let's. We're gonna take you guys through our dynasty rookie draft. Talk about how it all unfolded. So we're gonna have Nick start us off since he had the 101 in our draft. Nick, why'd you take JT over everybody else in our rookie draft? Dude, I took Jonathan Taylor because straight up he is the best player in the draft, and <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's bold to say, I guess. Like I don't know. That's my opinion. No, I agree with it. I think Jonathan Taylor is so good and. I don't. I just don't think there's a way he. I think he's bust proof. I think he's an elite prospect. I think he's like locked in f- 
for elite production in the NFL. And you know what? Like, I get the passing stuff, like, you know, whatever. He wasn't used as a pass catcher in college. People that are knocking JT for not being used as a pass catcher in college are out of their minds because guess what? Melvin Gordon was not deployed as a pass catcher in college, and James White also was not. <laughs> yeah, also was not. And look at James White. He is literally crushing it in receiving for the Patriots. So is Melvin Gordon. Solid production in the passing game. There's no reason to be knocking JT's receiving skills, in air quotes, for something that he wasn't even asked to do often. When he goes to Indian plays, I get Naeem Hines is there, whatever. Like, do you really expect Naeem Hines to cut into <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's workload that much? Absolutely not. It's, uh, He'd it's even ridiculous. do it to Mac. So. It's ridiculous. And I, I just think he's so good. He's so talented. He he literally checks every box, and the film's there too. Like, I, there's nothing more to say. He's the best player, straight up. What if he turns into like Monty Ball? He's not going. <laughs> there's not a chance. There's not a chance. Three 2,000-yard seasons in a row in college. Like, if he played like, one more, why if are we you, even talking about this guy? Let's if just, he if he played for one more season, he would have broke every single know, rushing record known to man. I wish he could. Is there is there a better spot for Jonathan Taylor to have possibly wait, landed? Wait, either? think about what Al just said. If he had a fourth year in college, he would clobber every, every single, college record. Jonathan Taylor. Every single rushing he's record. He's like so close in rushing yards with just over 6,000. He he would clobber it, man. He could have 8,000 rushing yards in college. <laughs> like, what? Dude, that's a, that's a thing, and, too. He's done it from day one. As a true freshman, yeah. he went they, for 2,000 yards. Why is he not the 1-1 one, one all over and, the place, and, dude? And, See, we're going to talk about CEH next because he was one of two in our draft. To me as well. But but CEH was thought of as the fourth or maybe fifth best running back in, you know, be, before the draft. And now because of his landing spot, you guys, most, a lot of people, consensus, are putting him 1-1 over Taylor. Like, like, I get it, but I disagree with it. You know, JT was most people's number one back coming out, if not, you know, second at worst. And he just got put behind a top five O line. Like, I'm sorry, JT is above CEH. This is the thing. There's I'll a die. reason I'll die on the hill. There's it's, a it's reason to boost close. up Clyde Edwards Alaire, but there's no reason to knock Jonathan Taylor down. Yeah. That's what it comes None. down to. None. You know what, let's just start talking about CEH. One oh two. You took right. him as well. I took CEH one oh two. Um pretty straightforward. He again, you know, extremely efficient offense. Um which is actually perfect because he came from the most efficient college offense probably of all time. So it's a pretty seamless fit, I think. Um, Mahomes pretty much handpicked him, and you know Reed. That's so cool. Oh, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, Reed has had nothing but phenomenal things to say about him. Um, I think he's going to walk in day one, be the starter. Goes into a fire situation as we've stated before um he's gonna catch a lot of balls score a lot of points next um and just to clarify nick is clearly in rebuild that's why he has a lot of these top picks you guys have heard that in previous episodes but i just want to restate that 103 jk dobbins baltimore ravens al you were on the board that's who you decided to take walk us through on why you took jk dobbins all right so We, we had a long discussion about this uh like about an hour before the draft actually yeah so uh, it's just like, like literally, it's draft day. Like I call, I call up Dig, and I'm like, dude, like 
I love CD Lamb, but like I've been like a Dobbins guy like since before the draft even started. Like he was on my he was higher on my board than uh, JT pre combine. Like he was like my one hundred and one pre combine for anything because I just thought that on paper like he just had literally everything you wanted in a modern day running back. Um, and then as soon as he landed in Baltimore, I just was like. Oh my God! Like he's actually in the perfect offense they can potentially oh be in. Like actually, the perfect offense you could potentially be in. And if you want to be sold on J.K. Dobbins, just literally look at the last, the last, let's see, like three, four four yeah. games of his college career. Ready? Against all against top five defenses. All right. Home against Penn State, 157 yards, two touchdowns. At Michigan, 211 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, 172 yards, touchdown. Uh, In the playoffs against Clemson, 174 yards, touchdown. I mean, what? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, like, are you kidding me? Just playing in the most, like, difficult and uh, tough games. Like, it's it's just a premier talent. Yeah, Yeah, the best of the best. And he's playing with a first-year quarterback, I mean, granted, Ohio State's super talented, but I mean, this dude. Anyone that watches Ohio State, anyone that watches Big Ten football, knows that the offense ran through J.K. Dobbins. I mean, this dude literally, this dude literally, brought this team to a whole nother level. He played the entire half, last half of the season hurt, um, and just the reason why I like uh, J.K. Dobbins and the Ravens so much is just two words: Ray Rice and. The reason why I even bring up Ray Rice is he came to the league same exact way, <laughs> the same exact way as J.K. Dobbins, as Austin gives me a punching motion over there. Very good joke. Uh, so Ray Rice came to the league. and Ray Rice was so good. Ray Rice man. came to the league, and you know who he was sitting behind? Uh, well, you know, a Pro Bowl running back called Willis McGahee. Mm. And then J.K. Dobbins came to the league behind a Pro Bowl running back, Mark Ingram. I didn't even think about Willis McGee. Yeah. Kind of sick. Man. So, I mean, going to year one, Ray Rice got 107 rushes, 500 yards rushing, uh, only four games started. He really uh, got, like, the starting role towards the end of the year. Uh, I think he might have had an, in- an injury that forced him on the field. Uh, and then Ray Rice followed that up with four straight 1,000-yard seasons. He was, uh, he was so good. And he was actually then so good, yeah. followed that up with also – uh, 78 receptions, 63 receptions, 76 receptions, and 61 receptions in those four years. Yeah, he I was, mean, he was an absolute monster from day it, one. It's just an absolute beast. You look at the height weight comparisons. Ray Rice was 5'8, 212. Dobbins actually has a better height weight with the 5'10, 212. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, he literally played the same exact offense, Ohio State, uh, going into Baltimore. You have the number one rushing offense in the league. There's literally yeah, not a like, better scenario for J.K. Dobbins in the world. I mean, they just had like 3,200 rushing yards and led um, any team in NFL history, the Ravens last year, in rushing yards. That, that's insane. You know, if, not even a hot take. If Ray Rice didn't get in trouble off the field, man, he, he could have been a Hall of Famer if he oh, kept yeah. it up. Very, very Stayed easily. Healthy. Very he easily. could have been. He, was, I mean, he was that good. Yeah. And, I mean, I know you were just talking about Ray Rice a lot and – a lot's changed since since the Ravens have had Ray Rice, but you know, according to Graham Barfield, shout out to him, uh, if by the remote chance that he's listening. But he's he put on Twitter. He said fifty seven percent of 
of Dobbins' attempts at Ohio State were on RPOs. Um, fun fact, the Ravens led the league in RPO attempts last year. So I know we were talking about the Ravens' offense of the past, but Dobbins is a perfect fit for this new Ravens' offense, uh, like you were saying, and I think that's absolutely fire for him. And, you know, also I think we've, we've kind of seen this narrative play out before. You know, a running back is drafted to a crowded backfield, like you said. We saw Ray Rice and McGahee. Um, you know, we've seen it the last three years. We've seen Kamara get drafted in a backfield with Mark Ingram in 2017. 2018, we had Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde together. And then last year, we had Miles Sanders get drafted into Philly with Jordan Howard. And all of those guys have succeeded this st- or took over the starting role pretty fast. So I would not be surprised to say the same with J.K. Dobbins. At 104, next off the board was C.D. Lamb. Nick also drafted C.D. Lamb. first, Like I said, first receiver off the board. Um, I'd be absolutely thrilled. Dude, I was pumped. I, and I, I said before, Al and I talked about it on the phone um, before. Whoever I wasn't taking. Yeah, I told him whoever he wasn't taking, I was going to grab it for, and that was C.D. Lamb. So. 105, DeAndre Swift, next, next running back off the board. I was how, take- do you, how do you guys feel about Swift? Uh, he's such like a, you know, it's like a tough, tough projection because I love the player and I think he's all the talent in the world and I don't want to fade the talent because everyone got burned by that, uh, by that exact move with AJ Brown, Marquise Brown, like, all, like all these people, like just you know, we're, we're taking like the second round last year, and then you see Swift go to lines, you're just like, uh, like I don't like love it. You have Carryon Johnson there, was he 22 years old? One of the youngest backs in the league still. Uh, I know he's not really like that much, but I don't know. I, like, I don't know how I feel about it. Dude, I, I love the talent. I'm going to say this. It's a bad landing spot. I feel really confident saying that. Detroit's had one running back since Barry Sanders back in 1998 to rush for multiple 1,000-yard seasons. And I, and I get it. I know his bread and butter isn't rushing. I know that it's receiving. I know he's a great dual threat. I understand that. But... Um, you, you know, the, James Stewart, getting back to my point, James Stewart in 2000, 2002, he is the only Detroit running back uh, to have 250 carries since uh, 1999. Um, they've got, you know, Bob Quinn literally came out and said, that's why we drafted DeAndre Swift. He's going to be part of that package. We're going to be using multiple running backs, talking about Bo Scarborough, Ty Johnson, DeAndre yeah, Swift, it's, and carry uh, on Johnson. Like, like, I will fight anyone on it. It's a bad, bad. All right, I, I got. Spot. If you if you want to really go back is. and forth on love, this, love the talent. I got a I got a counterpoint. Playing a little devil's advocate. How do you feel about him going into this committee with him being in a committee in college and still putting up the numbers that he did? Uh, this is very different. I mean, it's it's a good point, but this is a different animal, man. Like Detroit is just where running backs go to die, and and. If I'm on the board at 105 and he's there, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm taking Cam Akers over DeAndre Swift, and I feel great about it. I, I don't hate that at all. Um, I, I'm actually a big it, fan of Cam Akers, and I know – Cam Akers uh, is, is very, very good. And he was taking 106, the very next pick in our draft. Before we move on to Cam Akers, real quick, I want to say, besides Swift, I think – or, yeah, besides Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire – has probably the nastiest spin move 
and lateral agility. I think those two are probably the top two in the class um, in those two categories. But, you know, like I said, I, I love Swift's talent, but again. I, absolutely, I do too. Yeah, Just, it's, it's tough. That's, that's tough, man. Um, Detroit's tough. Wouldn't want to live there either. <laughs> you know? uh, Cam Akers was taken at 106, like I said. Next next guy off the board. Now, this is a guy who had a horrible O-line all throughout college at FSU. Cam Akers just got, in my opinion, a very, very good landing spot. You know, the departure of Todd Gurley in Los Angeles. Todd Gurley is now with Atlanta. Um, also, by the way, Todd Gurley, huge winner in the draft. For this season, oh, 100%. one, one year yeah. contract. 100%. Atlanta didn't touch running backs. Huge winner, Todd Gurley. But anyway, uh, yeah, I really like Cam Akers moving forward. I I was telling Nick before I would put Cam Akers above DeAndre Swift. Yeah, uh, I think that he was drafted at five by accident because not by accident, but because the kid that drafted him at five had the very next pick, so he knew he was taking Akers right, uh, right. again. Um, I don't know. I. I like, everyone's going to say, like, oh, the Rams have a terrible O-line and all that stuff. But 31st ranked in the league. Yeah, it's tough. I get that. It's tough, but, like. It's what he's played with in college, though, so. I, I still, it can't I, be worse. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, like, the O-line stuff translates into the NFL. Like, it never really is. Like, just think about it. Give me, like, an example of a running back that he played with a horrible offensive line in college and just came into another horrible offensive line and just didn't produce because of that. I, I don't really want to bank on that. Uh, what I'm really banking on is I just think that I love like I like love Sean McVay. I think that he's gonna like get very creative how he uses Acres. Dude, I saw something today actually that said that they wanted to use him or draw him up some special plays with him at quarterback since he played QB in high school. I think that's kind of wild. That would be uh, that would be pretty interesting. If even yeah, if they did like some wildcat stuff, that's pretty cool. It's definitely a plus. I think. Next off the board, 107, Keyshawn Vaughn. Was this the biggest reach oh, in man. the entire draft? Honestly. I think it was. I mean, again, though, you know, the same kid had picks seven and eight um, back-to-back. So, I mean, granted, it, he could have been eighth. But regardless, he went seventh. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, seventh overall. I don't I don't hate the landing spot with the Bucks. I don't. Um, I don't. I mean, obviously, Arians has something that he's looking for in a running back. He wants a pass blocker. Um and a guy that can catch balls. And obviously, he didn't draft Rojo, and he doesn't – I don't think that he thinks very highly of him. So I think that Arians Clearly. is going to get his guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't hate Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't. I just – I don't like the value at 1-7. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, agree with I, everything you said. I just think that this was just an absolute, like, buffoon of a pick at 107. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, you could have oh, traded back – to the second round, got the same exact player and more, and no, got no, your guy. No one was gonna snipe. Him. No one was gonna snipe Keyshawn Vaughn there. I, I just, I mean, like again, like I get it. Like he lands in a good spot with the Bucks, but there's just some things I don't like about the Bucks. All right, ready? You have Tom Brady for what two years? Tops. Tops. Yep. Okay, so what are you gonna do after that? Um, you also have Rojo there. I, I'm. I know he's not. Arian's guy and all that stuff, but I think he's good enough to steal carries away from Keyshawn Vaughn as a rookie. 100%. Absurd amount of receivers. Yeah. Don't forget Tyler Johnson. Yeah, Tyler Johnson was drafted there. You have you have two tight ends that are you know in Gronk and OJ Howard, and you still have Cameron Brait. Um, just so many mouths to feed. Yeah, one football. It's just like is this really is if Keyshawn? All right, listen. 
if Keyshawn Vaughn is the touchdown guy, the touchdown guy, as in like the touchdown vulture, because he goes in on the five-yard line every single time. He's the goal line back. That is the best-case scenario for him. But besides that, I do not see him being a workhorse Zeke. I don't see him being a Saquon Barkley. You don't draft a guy that has the potential of, I don't know, I can't. I can't even give him an NFL comparison right now. I can't even think of one. Dude, you hate him. Like, like I just think, like, like if he's going, to, if the best he's going to be is Sony Michelle, a buffoon which, of a pick. <laughs> yes, seriously. It's it just like you don't oh, make man. that play. You don't make that, that play. Great. You know, that like I don't think a single. I so literally, funny. I don't think he was even tar. Like he wasn't even my, a target of mine to the late second. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. No, I I had him at my 301 in my rankings. Yeah, that's exactly where he should be. All right, all right. 108, Justin Jefferson. We talked about him before. Stud. Stud. I don't really want to say a whole lot. We talked about him before. Um, I, I love it. Last pick in the first round, we played eight, in an eight-man dynasty league. Pick 201, Jerry Judy. <laughs> Nick was back on the board. Dude, I grabbed his guy. Oh, my God. When I Jerry saw Judy, Jerry Judy second fall round. to me. Yeah. I know I talked about him before a little bit, but – I'm not. I, this has nothing to do with the player. But when I drafted Jerry Judy, I was literally so happy. I texted the kid in front of me who had seven and eight. As soon as he was on the clock, I texted him. I said, "Hurry up and make these picks," because I knew who he was taking. <laughs> I just wanted it to. I wanted it to get over with. It. Yeah. I needed Judy on yeah. my team. He I needed. He probably didn't want him to trade out or, or entertain any oh, offers. Oh no! Of course not. And um, then once Judy fell to me, I was, because I, I have. Judy two three overall. and two four, I do not have two two. I was too happy to even think about moving up to two two to get my guy, and I I ended up missing out. Jalen Rager went the next pick. Two oh two, so two oh two tenth yeah. overall. I was literally too busy selling that I got Judy <laughs> at at uh, yeah, our, ninth overall. Our live draft was fun. Um, then. Two, yeah, 203 was T. Higgins, who you grabbed, yeah. Nick. And then Nick and I made a deal. So I traded up. I had 205 and 401, and I gave Nick both picks to move up one pick to get uh, 204. I took Henry Ruggs. You know, if I get burned by it, I get burned, but... I wanted to take Henry Ruggs. That's good value for a first receiver off the board. I, I that's exactly no, my is. thinking. I wanted to take. I didn't think Ruggs would fall that far, but if if he came to two hundred four, I was praying that he would answer my text and make a deal with me because, um, I I was okay with throwing away an additional four for him to move up one pick. You know, I if I truly believe Ruggs is going to be better than Mims and. And I do like Mims. I like Mims' landing spot. I like a lot about Mims. Um, I had Michael Pittman on my mind. Of course, Brian Edwards is on my mind as well. But, but I, I really wanted to just trade up and get my guy. So, I broke the. I don't even say I broke the bank. I only threw away a four to, an additional four to get uh, Henry Rugg. So I was very happy to get him at twelfth overall, thirteenth overall, two point oh five. Denzel Mims. Yeah. So I, I mean, trading back with Austin, I, I took Mims here. Um, you know. I, I, I like the landing spot. I know Al's going to have a lot to say about Mims in a little bit, but, um, you know, he in my opinion, he's the number one there. I think absolutely nothing of Brashad Perriman. I think nothing of him. Um, I don't think Jamison Crowder is more than, at best, what he did last year. 
Uh, I think I think Mims is going to step in and, and be the guy. I think he's going to get a lot of volume, um, and he checks a lot of analytical boxes for me. You know, he he has the dominator rating. He has the breakout age. He's a freak. He's a freak yeah. athlete. Like he he's just he's a he's a good prospect. Um, Al, I want to hear your take on Denzel. I would Williams. I would love to hear what you. Have <laughs> I just want to wanna, just go ahead go. Listen, when the Jets were on the clock in the second round. I was screaming to take Denzel Mims, <laughs> screaming. And then, all of a sudden, a trade. We trade out of the pick. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Because, you know what, last time the Jets were going to – I thought they were going to pick a receiver. They did the same exact thing. They traded out of the pick, and then Chris Godwin got taken, and then we took our Darius Stewart. <laughs> and I will never let that go. But anyways, we traded back 11 picks, got another pick, and we got Mims. So it was a home run. I was really stoked – um, just another two words for you, uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, that is yeah. that is my comparison of the day for Denzel Mims. So Josh Gordon, six three, two twenty five. Denzel Mims, six three, two oh seven. Except Denzel Mims ran a four four three. So if you're telling me that he has a similar athletic profile to Josh Gordon and he's faster, sign me up immediately. And the reason why I think he Kind of, like definitely reminds me of Josh Gordon as like a football player. It's just look at all the red zone touchdowns he had uh, over his college career. I think he was used in the red zone more than anything. He's like really he good, was man. disgusting in the red zone. I just hope he's got a better head on his shoulders than Josh Gordon. Yeah, no, nah, you got to hope for that. <laughs> um, but listen, Darnold needs someone to throw the ball to. Uh, he's been dying to have a number one receiver. Jets I ho- boosted the line too. Yeah, Jets boosted the line. They still got Bell. Um, the Jets are top. Five this season in uh, improved offensive line. Yeah, so I don't know. Listen, I'm a huge Donald believer. I saw a tweet today saying that this, that they, someone would take Donald over anyone in the last three quarterback classes, which That's was insane. That, which is insane. Yeah, yeah basically they were saying they would take Donald over Lamar and Kyler, oh which is the craziest take. But what I got me it got me juiced. Be hyped about Denzel Mims, Jets fans. Uh, I think that he's going to be a solid, solid player. And the best part is, too, you know and more help's on its way. Next year, the Jets are absolutely taking a playmaker. So you got, you got Rondell Moore, you got Jamar Chase, you got all these people coming out. Yeah. It, the Jets are going to be in good hands. Just be happy that they invest in the offensive line this year. It will help Darnold a lot, which will help Mims. 2.06, we had LaVisca Chenault off the board next. Um, besides DJ Chark, I think he's got a pretty decent path to receiver two already in uh, Jacksonville. I know D.D. Westbrook's still there, but I, I don't think it's a bad landing spot, and I do like Minshew moving forward. I know Nick likes Minshew a ton. Uh, oh, yeah. But, he's my boy. But I, if I'm LaVisca Chanel, if I'm a Chanel owner in Dynasty, I, you know, I'd be happy about it, you know? Dude, I, Chanel checks a lot, a lot of boxes analytically. He compares well um, to A.J. Brown, actually, in terms of height, weight, athletic profile. He was a day two pick. You know, that's, that's awesome. He broke out at 19. Um, college dominator to 35. That's, that's awesome. All of this put together, you know, it, it, the odds are in his favor um, to succeed. And to be honest, you know, I think the biggest concern for me with him is injuries, as yeah. you know, it is with most people. I think he'll get he'll get lots of opportunity there. They're going to deploy him in a, in a bunch of different ways. Um, I actually think him being there will honestly he'll dip into Fournette's touches. I think as far as uh, passes goes, but 
I, I can't stress it enough how how important it is that he's a day two winner. Uh, draft capital matters big time for a wide receiver statistically. 207 next off the board, Brandon Ayuk. Man, I'll, I'm going to come out straight up and say I do not like Brandon Ayuk at all. First round draft pick for San, uh, San Francisco 49ers. I, not I, a fan. I thought it was a reach in, not for a the fan. NFL draft, not for our draft. Just yeah, for no, draft. for a rookie draft at two seven like yeah, that, I would I would yeah. take I would take Ayuk over Chanel any day of the week just based on draft capital alone. I would have taken the I, next guy over Ayuk though. Two oh eight was Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, no, I I I definitely agree. Just like a one little tip in Ayuk, I. I mean, the one thing you got to love about him is that he played under Herm Edwards, so you know he's playing under, under a pro-style offense, and he had very, very good coaching. Um, but he also enters a, a Shanahan offense where it's only Debo and Kittle. So the opportunity is there for him to take. Um, I'm kind of a Kendrick Bourne believer over him. Really? It's just, like, very low-key, but, like, yeah. Like, I really like Kendrick Bourne. Um just because he's just a massive red zone guy, and yeah. he also has just as many touchdowns as Kittle over the past two seasons. Um, but yeah, two oh eight was Michael Pittman Jr. Real quick, we're we're gonna get moving with this. Who would you rather, Michael Pittman Jr. or Paris Campbell? Pittman, and it's not particularly close for me. Oh, I'm still on I'm still on Paris Campbell over Pittman right now. Okay. So that was our first and second round, all 16 picks in our Dynasty Rookie Draft. We're going to save rounds three and four for next week. We're going to dive and do it a lot more. We want, we want to spend more time, just go pretty in-depth and do it. So we're going to move on to our final segment, which is our weekly mailbag. We actually had a lot of questions from you guys, and we really appreciate the feedback. We appreciate you guys reaching out all the time spent, you know, and, and we're grateful for your questions and all your time. So. First question that we have, let's get started, is from our friend Zach. Uh, Rank these four wide receivers. FF in Longhorn, by the way. FF Longhorn. Uh, Check FF him out. Longhorn. He actually got us into Dynasty, so that's why we're here. So thank you for that, Zach. Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Juju, and DJ Moore. Rank these four wide receivers in Dynasty. Dude, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give mine and not even think twice about it. I did not I I'll be honest, I did not prepare much for this question because it was so hard for me. I knew it, and I just, I'm just going to go with my gut see, feeling. Let's and hear your order. It feels so wrong to say it, but I'm going to go DJ Moore, Juju, Godwin, Kenny G. Ooh. I have the exact same list in that exact order. The only the, – you know what the, the hardest part for me was? Was deciphering between Juju and DJ Moore, and – I just ha- maybe it's recency bias. I have to go with DJ Moore over Juju. If you offered me right now Juju for DJ Moore, oh, I'm sorry, the other way around, DJ Moore for Juju, I would sit here and just struggle to answer it. But, but yeah, g- give me DJ Moore. DJ Moore one, Juju. Third, I have Chris Godwin, and I love Kenny Galladay. I have him fourth. Dude, honestly, the big knock on Galladay for me was just age, yep. straight up. Al. Uh. I think the age thing is being taken extremely too far. These other guys just ball. But I know, so I know, well. I know. All right, so it's my not. number one has to be DJ Moore. I love him, and I love his future with uh, that offense. My number two is 
absolutely Kenny Galladay, dude. You gotta look you at love. you gotta you gotta look Whoa. at Damn. you gotta look at what he oh did last year without Matt Stafford. Dude, I thought you were gonna he say God. No, no, oh no, God. dude. No Are way, you dude. Going juju for you nut. No, I'm go I'm going Godwin last. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nobody's gonna like this thing. I, I, I don't care. Everybody loves Godwin. I know. I know everyone loves Godwin, but you oh, also. Man, I love it. You would no. Juju over Godwin? Just let me explain. Just, just let me explain. So, so like, 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 I'm fired from up. the Penn State right. So fired uh, DJ Moore, obvious reasons. Number one, uh, and then I have Galladay. Number two is because, dude, you like Kenny Galladay turned into a top ten dynasty receiver last year with four games of Matt Stafford. I think that four games. I think that there's no way that Kenny G. If I, I, wait, it might be more than explode. four. It might be more than four games, but I honestly think it was four games of Matt Stafford. Maybe six games. I don't even know. All it was, he had a quarter of the season with Matt Stafford, and he's literally going to have a fantastic quarterback throwing to him the entire year with. I don't know DeAndre Swift now running back. Dude, he was good. receiver three in standard formats. Dude, he Kenny G was. Yeah, he was playing. Uh, be, be, he, he, like, just listen. Like, he's been. He was been. He was literally playing with absolute scrubs at quarterback. Like, literally nobody was throwing the ball, and out of nowhere, he would finally get like a like a touchdown and like I don't know, like 80, 90 yards in a game. Like, he just he was the only person balling out every single game. He was so consistent. And you gotta love that he was consistent with that his best quarterback. Did, did you get him on waivers in like 2018? I drafted, drafted him. Really drafted him originally. Drafted. Be, before the 2019 season, I texted Al, and I said I'll give you two firsts for Kenny Galladay, and he turned it down. And like looking back now, man, I would still pay two firsts for Kenny G. I, I think he's Dude, worth he's a more. Like, I think he's worth more. But anyways, let me continue on. So Galladay is. I'm just like a like a huge crush on Galladay. I think he's just an absolute monster. I know people are gonna. Yell, yell at his age, but dude, like this is going to be his first season, uh, first season with like full season with you know the Lions' number one quarterback. So pay for him now while he's still relatively cheap because he's yeah. going to be a top five receiver next year. And I, I know we're before we move on to the next question, I know we're going to get torched for putting Godwin last, but all I'm going to say is Gronk, Evans, Rojo, Keyshawn Vaughn, and now a 43 year old quarterback thrown to all of those guys. Like, say what you want. Jameis to Brady downgrade. is a downgrade, downgrade. for huge receivers huge, in fantasy. Like Dude, I'm just telling you right now, like Godwin, like Godwin's saving grace was like, all right, you know what? Like he's still going to be the touchdown guy uh, in Tampa, but then they just get Gronk. Like, dude, he it's just it's not just... not a good scenario for him. Uh, I think dynasty wise, like yes, he's still a very good talent, still a top ten receiver in dynasty, but dude, like. I don't know. If, like, I'd rather have a clear-cut number one, no questions asked, Kenny Galladay, over Gronk. him. I like, think just Kenny no G question. Smokes Chris Godwin yeah. in, in fantasy points this season. It's, I think he's. It's him not up. even going going to be close. And, and then and Kenny G, Kenny G is going to be drafted so much later, that uh, ADP wise than Chris Godwin, which is oh, dude, going to be, be insane. He's got to be a crazy though. value right now at his ADP. Well, I don't even know what it is, but I 100 percent take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question. Yeah. Uh, question number two uh, from We Are Dynasty Football. Rank these quarterbacks in Dynasty. Kyler, Dak, Watson, and Russell Wilson. I'm going to give my list first. This might be a little surprising to you guys. I'm going with number one, Kyler, 22 years old. I'm just taking Kyler and running with it. I'm I'm happy. I'm content. I love, I love what he can do with his legs, his arms, everything. Number two, I'm taking Deshaun Watson 
Also, he is 24 years old. Third, I'm going to take Dak Prescott, who is also 24 years old. And last, who I love, Russell Wilson. It's just the fact that he's 31. I have to put him at the end of this list. Uh, I guess I'll go next. This is going to be the hottest take of it all. And I'm going to say Dak is going to be number one on my list. And I know that is absolutely crazy going against these other quarterbacks. But, dude, oh, my God, look at his team. Look how much talent is surrounded by him. And everyone signed. Every single person is signed. He's got the best weapons. And I I think that Blake Jarwin is going to be better than Jason Witten. That's for sure. This is another upgraded tight end. Absolutely. So, I mean – He's 24 years old. He's never he's never not had a QB one season in his career. I mean, that that's also insane. And then uh, after Dak, I'm gonna follow up with uh, Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is just set up for success. He is the entire Arizona offense, no matter, no matter what the way you look at it. Uh, I'm putting Russell Wilson over Deshaun Watson. Um, unfortunately, I think Bill O'Brien is absolutely destroying the Texans to what they are. Um, I feel really bad for Watson because he has all the talent in the world, but I don't think he has enough around him to for him to carry. I don't know. Like I like Watson, but for the next couple of years, I mean, Russell Wilson is very consistent. Yeah, also, I, I Russell Wilson was, was like an age thing primarily. Yeah, for, I, for me, I know, but like years. Russell Wilson's one of those guys that doesn't really get hit that much. He's very mobile. He's gonna be good. For He's a while. gonna be good, He's still good for still a while. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm gonna go real quick. I'm gonna go Kyler. Dak, Russ, and then finish out with Deshaun. Um, Deshaun Watson mostly is probably him being last is probably the biggest um, biggest surprise I would say. Mostly, you know, for the reasons you just said, um, Texans management kind of sucks. He has very little talent around him, and they didn't really address the O line too much. They took a, a tackle in the fourth round, but that's it. Um, so that's why he's last for me. Question number three from Superflex Guru. How do you guys rank the 2019 and 2020 wide receivers? 2019 receivers, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. 2020, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson. So my list would go A.J. Brown, one. For this for the 2019 class, I'd go A.J. Brown, one. Two would be D.K. Three would be Terry. For 2020, I would go Jefferson, Lamb, Judy. What about you guys? Um, for 19, I am going to put uh, DK number one, actually. Uh, then Terry McLaurin, then A.J. Brown. And I this is, again, extremely hot. But just to uh, kind of explain why is because I really think that Ryan Danhill had one good season, and I don't think – like. You had a first-round talent, Corey Davis, there for years. I know he had, granted, he had Mariota, which on paper is probably a better quarterback than Tannehill. I just don't think Tannehill comes out like like this fantastic quarterback again this season. People are going to figure him out. He's not really that talented. Uh, Derrick Henry's pretty much the entire offense. Yeah, they're a run-heavy team. Um, and I just feel like DK is in the perfect situation. Um, Russell Wilson, awesome quarterback. And then he's also just like the wide receiver one mold uh, against Tyler Lockett. And then Terry McLaurin is the entire Redskins offense. So, yeah. And then for 20 receivers, I'm going to put Lamb, Jefferson, and then Judy. Nick? 19, I'm going to go DK, A.J. Brown, and Terry. Um, And then 20, I'm going to – 
I can't I can't do it, but I'm gonna go <laughs> Lamb, Judy, and then Jefferson. I cannot put Jerry Judy at three. My inner Bama yeah, fan not- is coming out. I don't care, but I'm leaving Judy at two. Question number four from uh, from W. Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb? I'm gonna take Nick Chubb here. I get <laughs> I get the concern for uh, for Chubb, you know, because of Big Kareem, Kareem Hunt, and yes, Hunt's gonna have a vital role. It's not just gonna fade away. I understand that he's gonna be relevant in every game, but Nick Chubb is simply just in a different tier than Miles Sanders in Dynasty. Like he's the far better runner. He's really underrated when it comes to catching, and he's he's phenomenal at that. You know, at the end of the day, Miles Sanders, I have him a tier below Chubb, but. And that's even with Hunt in Cleveland. Um, let's not forget that Chubb had four yards shy of a thousand yards, and he only started nine games as a rookie. Like, dude, he had fourteen hundred yards he, last year. Fourteen ninety-four, <laughs> almost fifteen hundred yeah, on and, the Browns. He basically led the NFL in rushing yards last year. If Derrick Henry didn't play out of his mind, Nick Chubb would have had the rushing title in twenty nineteen. So, with all due respect to Miles Sanders, who I love, he is just not Nick Chubb. I love him. Nick Chubb is better. For me, for me, this is Nick Chubb all the way, and I've been seeing a lot of slander on Twitter, and it pisses me off. I'm not going to lie to you. I, the Nick Chubb slander ends right now because, number one, yeah, Kareem Hunt's there. Guess what? He's probably gone after this year anyway. And second, Nick Chubb almost had 1,500 yards on the ground this year. That is absolutely insane. It's almost 100 they're, a game. They're, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're getting they well they got Stefanski. You saw what he did to Dalvin last year. He absolutely fed him. Why is he not going to do the same with Nick Chubb? Second, the Browns have like the most improved offensive line according to PFF. They got Jedrick Wills at like pick eleven or whatever. He was literally the best tackle in the draft. And they signed Conklin. And they signed Conklin. This unit is severely improved. They have a better coach who focuses more on running, and Kareem Hunt is not there forever. It's an, it, I, I cannot wrap my head around the Nick Chubb slander at all. Uh, I think that, I mean, I have to go out and defend Miles Sanders right now because he's just getting You can't take him over, on. Chubb. You, 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 uh, you can't. As of, as of right now, I can because this is why. This is why, this is why, this is why. I Listen, I have so many hot takes this podcast, but someone's got to do it. As of right now, I believe that Miles Sanders will be a better fantasy running back than Nick Chubb because simply... Dynasty he, or fantasy? Like, fantasy-wise, dynasty-wise, I don't know because I don't... Like, the roster that the Eagles have right now, it's literally Miles Sanders than Boston Scott. I mean, that's literally it. Yeah. So, the reason why I think that Sanders can end up being a better fantasy running back is because he's just going to be more involved in the receiving game than Chubb. It's just simply what it is. I, I you're gonna say you're gonna say Boston Scott's gonna be, uh, you know, a pain in the neck to Miles Sanders. Get out of here! Like literally, watch the last six games of the Eagles season. Sanders is the only reason why the Eagles made the playoffs. The legitimately only reason they make it. He was the best player on the field, best player in the offense, and they just got more receivers to finally complement Sanders. So, so so Sanders won't be just absolutely like game plan for listen i watched this dude all throughout his college career he sat behind superstar uh saquon barkley for half his career this dude just wants to shine he like he's always been like in a shadow his entire football career so far 
Um, they never really gave him a shot. Give this dude a shot. He's going to ball out. He's a very, very talented uh, running back. Um, he had the stats to prove it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's... It's just like a gut feeling on me. I just like I just have a really good feeling that Sanders is going to come out and just be a major piece of the Eagles' offense. Question from Mark Royer. I have Lamar on one of my teams, and it's not a very young roster. I know his stock can't really go much higher in Superflex, but if he gets hurt, how does how much does his value drop? So, real quickly, Lamar Jackson's value, even if he gets hurt, isn't going to drop much in in the dynasty startup. If if anything, it could fall to late first maybe maybe early second but at the end of the day you know if you want to sell Lamar high now absolutely I fully support it go get three ones for him you know but um, even if he gets hurt Lamar is super young he's he's just golden so I wouldn't worry about it too much and it is a phenomenal time to sell if if you are worried about it and then rebuild I, I support it. Number six, question from K-Shine. What's Keyshawn Vaughn's outlook? So we touched on this earlier in the pod, um, and you can listen to what we had to say. But to recap, basically, is there's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, Ronald Jones is not just going to fade away. You know, Shout out to at FantasyFootball247 on Twitter. Uh, he put up a really solid comment, in uh, a really solid thread in the comments, rather, about Ronald Jones. And... Um, that guy, you know, he really nailed it, man. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. 43-year-old quarterback. They just signed Gronk. Added Tyler Johnson. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. The list goes on. I wouldn't be thrilled about Keyshawn Vaughn uh, year one. Let's just say that. Um, I wouldn't reach on him. He's someone that could be great value, but, you know, late, late to maybe early three. I, I'm not reaching on Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm not a huge fan. Question number seven question from Derek Stone which rookie draft will prove to have more high-end fantasy products 2020 or 2021 I I gotta go with 2020 uh, absolutely love Hubbard and Chase Bateman I got my eyes on a ton of guys I think that 2021 is more top heavy I'll say that but it's also much thinner you know 2020 has so much depth and I, I mean like just listen to this list Jerry Judy Lamb Burrow Tua Jefferson Vaughn CEH JT A.J. Dillon, Dobbins, Akers, Ruggs. I mean, like, the list goes on and on. There's so many guys I didn't name. So, to answer your question, I, I'm going with 2020. Um, simply put, dude, I really don't like comparing future classes. Um, it's tough. There are so many dude, variables so many things play. are going to happen. So many things can happen, and so many things will happen. You know, we saw Bryce Love hit 2,000 rushing yards his junior year, comes back, hits 700 his senior year, Tears his ACL, never heard of again. Um, you know, we thought Najee and Chuba could have came out in this class. Same with ETN. Both go back to school. Um, you know, people people come and go. Um, injuries happen. Stuff happens, man. You don't know who's going to be in the 2021 class yet. While, while it looks great on paper, as of, you know, May 19th, 2020, sure. Uh, you know, it looks great. But you don't know what it's going to turn into. You don't. Question number eight from Dupree Sean. You have one roster spot open. Which handcuff are you taking and why? Alexander Madison, Pollard, Armstead, Gallman, or Edmonds? So I'll give my answer first. The reason I would confidently take Alexander Madison here is plain and simple. Well, there's two reasons. He's the best running back out of this group. And second off, I believe Dalvin is the most injury prone without question. Uh, he's more injury prone than you know Zeke, Saquon. 
even Leonard Fournette. G- give me Madison all day here. Yeah, I'm just going to second it for those same exact reasons. And I will third it. Final question from Marauder NFL. What's Big Ben's worth in a 16-team Superflex League? Um, ben has one year left in his contract before Pittsburgh has a potential out in 2021. And 2022, he's automatically an unrestricted free agent. Uh, in other words, Ben doesn't have much time left in his NFL career, and he's someone I simply wouldn't be targeting at all. If I'm selling him, I'm trying to sell him to a contender or, quite frankly, anyone who's willing to pay even a third or a fourth round uh, rookie draft pick at this point. Cash out on him, get anything that you can before he retires, and his value is completely gone, you know? Well, I think that just about wraps everything up. Thank you guys for hanging. We drop episodes every week. For more content, go check out at Dynasty Polls, at Nick Football, at Dynasty Abbott, and at Dynasty Clay. We've got daily content, and hey, we actually care about your fantasy teams, so feel free to, to ask us questions. Until next time, peace.